my my recent anime outside of Gundam has been Zamba Zamba three. Zambot. Is that like a, an 80s thing? 77. Oh, cool. An- another is Tomino before Gundam. Oh, cool. How deep in did you get? What are your findings? Uh, I'm about to be in episode five out of what? It's like 23 episodes. Yeah, 23 episodes. I'm on episode five, 23. I don't know. I, I, I like it so far. It's different because it's the super robots thing and not not the mm-hmm. real robot stuff, but it's fun. It's 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 been a, it's been a fun ride so far, and it, it kind of contextualizes something like some things like Double Zeta. Oh, the the gags and the the three gun the three vehicles becoming one Gundam. Oh, that that's that's a trope here of of three Zom vehicles becoming one super bot. I'm looking at these designs. They're really having fun with it. They transform. Yeah, it's 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 a cool visual style. I'm also seeing apparently there's a character. I don't know if he's the main villain, but it's like like there's the most villain name for a villain, Killer the Butcher. Yeah, he he is he is brutal. <laughs> I, I hear I hear the show gets dark, so where it, it ends in one of his kill them all attitudes. So we we see that early. Yeah, that's cool. So of course you're um you're you, you purchased uh, a DVD from the the this video store, but where else could someone watch Zambot Three? So there are a couple playlists on on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm I going into this Gundam thing has had me more curious about the general context of Mecha. Like even this one. We have a couple of animators and designers who did work on other shows. Like, um, uh, have it? Do I have it here? I mean, the 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 biggest name is probably uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, who, like, after working on this, would have gone on to to direct a, a Macross show. If the Gundam wells are to run dry, or we wanna just like uh, have a have a change of pace, or freshen up the room a little bit yeah there's a whole world out there yeah, there's a whole ton of super robots yeah uh they added gunbuster to to crunchyroll recently that's been on my on my list for a while was that was that the mecha cap one or whatever no oh that pat labor another pat one labor. right another oh is it memoro she gunbuster is like i guess a little less um grounded maybe but it's uh, uh, directed by Hidekiano, a very early like Gainax production. Oh, this, this yeah, this looks cool. I want to be another cool one to expand outside of Evangelion. Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess here's my thing: if, if you're like a content creator, is 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 kind of shitty if everyone sticks to this one thing that you did, and it's like all you are. Oh, you tell me now. Or Ano. Tomino, I mean, even even both. I mean, even Ano, like, at least in the West, he's he's big big for what? Evangelion. Yeah, he's the Evangelion guy. But he's, like, he's doing well for himself. Like, he's branched out to live action. Made what some are calling the best Godzilla movie of all time. Followed by the best Kamen Rider movie of all time. Oh, the Shin Godzilla looks good, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a special episode too. If you want to go into, that. what is that on? Uh, I think you have to pay for it. 
I don't think it's like on anything besides like, you know, like a $4 rental. Oh, it's on Crunchyroll. Really? On, on premium subscription, apparently, yeah. Son of... Oh my god, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay. Sick. Hell yeah. Sick. Alright. I, I have some vague memories of watching the old Godzillas. The only Godzilla movies I've seen is the Roland Emmerich uh, two, yeah, 2000 or 1999 Godzilla. 98? I think it's 98. Is a Roland Emmerich one and Attack All Monsters from the Showa era. I remember the one with the giant moth. Godzilla Mothra. versus. Yeah. You know, I have seen one of the Mothra movies. I'm not sure which one. The one where there's like these tiny people, like these tiny like fairy people, or I don't know. <laughs> They're trying to stop like some evil businessman. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I have enjoyed those. And there's Destroy All Monsters. Okay, All Monsters Attack is the one, I believe, that introduces Godzilla's young son, Manila. Manila. <laughs> that introduced some weird stuff uh, where like, you get Monster Island, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, I have to uh, call out the Simpsons joke where they say, like, oh, I sentence you to Monster Island. And they say, don't worry, that's just a name. And then that there are monsters... And I think it's Barry's like, I thought this was, I thought it was just a name. And the guy who's running away from the monsters with him was like, yeah, what he means is it's actually a peninsula. <laughs> but by really? land or sea, uh, all monsters attack, like, uh, has this, introduces the idea that you can get to Monster Island by astrally projecting yourself in dreams. <laughs> and that's how this kid befriends Manila. Oh, all monsters attack. Yours is 1967, Son of Godzilla. That's cool. Oh, okay, so maybe he wasn't introduced in... Which one did I watch? I must... No, I, I'm positive I watched All Monsters Attack. But I guess Son of Godzilla is his introduction. The other thing about Manila is that he looks fucked up. He looks kind of cute. <laughs> no, I love him. He's my son. I, <laughs> I cherish Manila. Never son again. <laughs> This is a, I'm just going to say it, the, just a, a hard transition into our actual topic, not the different little uh, guys in Godzilla. Uh, I would, I think Stardust Memories would be improved if we replaced Ko uh, with Manila. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. I, I would replace Ko with anyone. I... I second least favorite character in that in this show <laughs> coming in negative i don't know i liked i liked stardust my hello well welcome to a pleasant evening mobile mobile suit what do, what do we call this it's been a been a minute pleasant evening book club does star star stardust memory yeah yeah let's keep it let's keep it let's keep it clean yeah, then we're here to talk about renowned OVA Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 uh, Stardust Memory. Is it one memory or memories? Um, 
one memory. Can can it be one memory of multiple multiple shit going down? Oh yeah. This is yeah. A lot a lot happens in this one. This is a densely plotted uh, uh show. I think I think it has one of my favorite openings. Yeah, that, the burning that, heart. That, that burning heart thing that was that was ama- that was super well done. Yeah, I wonder what the future holds because that might be the last of this like sophisticated 80s pop that we're gonna get for these oh, openings. In, in, in terms of musicality yeah i feel like char's counterattack war in the pocket and this are like the goodbyes to the new era f91 feels feels a little bit more forward looking as as opposed to women by forward looking uh i don't know there's something different about the flavor i guess i, I don't know i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> No, I mean, I, I guess his work is more forward-looking to the timeline as opposed to these other things yeah. that seem way way more contextualized into the one-year war. I do like, uh, yeah, getting into it, uh, I do like um, how well-integrated Stardust Memory is. into Like, the way it leads right into uh, Zeta Gundam is pretty seamless, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how how they're gonna do do it right. So, because I mean, it, it it opens with these remnants of Zeon behaving wild once again. Attempting to steal one Gundam or both Gundams, but they got they got the they got the big boy. Yeah, starting also starting us off with not critique, but casting negative a negative light on the Federation. They won the war, and they're still making mobile suits. They're make they're trying to make even stronger mobile suits than before, and they just have one armed with a nuclear bomb, just like just just in case, I guess. Which I'm I'm pretty sure breaks the uh... the Antarctic Treaty. Yeah, that that's that's a cornerstone yeah. treaty for for the UC. Like in, in in all in all the war crimes that can occur, you don't drop nukes. Yeah, there's something so like uh, uh, there's something so uh, entitled about about the uh, Federation. Like I feel like whenever Zeon breaks the rules or is villainous, they're like they do it with this evil smirk on them. Like ha ha ha, uh, you know, all is fair in war or whatever. Federation is like no one there. They're just like, well, it's okay if I do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess they just feel so, so distant from it. If like, technically, Anaheim's doing it, and there's so much like pen pushing and, and like bureaucracy behind every um, questionable behavior. Right, and we'll see that breakdown too. This but, uh, has made Anaheim a much more mysterious uh, uh, political force, or if not Anaheim, I guess just the the moon. I. I through throughout all of, of these um Gundams, which the guys have all all been you see, I, I'm I'm never quite clear as as to what Anaheim's <laughs> where their loyalties are. I guess it's just whoever has the most money. Yeah, I guess so. There's so many people playing both sides. I realize I think like in, in barely I I'm sure I'm wrong about this, but it feels like there's always someone double crossing or triple crossing or yeah, no, I, I I think pretty reliably there's always some kind of double crosser. We 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 saw it in Zeta, we saw it in F ninety one, in the in seventy nine. Yeah, Cecilia doing her stuff. They got all these like Shakespearean maneuvers between the Zavis. 
Yeah, we, we saw it quite a bit in uh, what Double Zeta Two with, with Play, Play Glemmy, Glemmy Haman, who makes a, a little cameo in this one. Oh yeah, it was a sad little cameo. What, what did she say? It's it's so cold. It's like, yeah, how long must we wait? And there's something about ideals. I, I ideals or or like damage. Damage. The, the, the people with ideals are also the ones that are are damaged by by warfare. Mm. Yeah. So I guess yeah. Let's uh let's just um go through it. There's a, l- a lot more plot happens here than it does in say War in the Pocket. So I I guess we're gonna it's gonna be more of a a, a broad look at the whole thing. Yeah. But I think a good place to start is where this picks off, like right at the end of '79 with the fall of Abaku, where um where Gato. You know what I found out about Gato? What you find out about Gato? I went online. I found out. He's 25 years old during the events of Stardust Memory. Oh, he looks like shit for a 25-year-old. Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a rough 25 years old. See, that? that's that's what I mean about about, about the damage. Like, <laughs> you know, you think presidency ages you. Being an ace pilot, <laughs> that, that ages you. Right. The holding on to that resentment is just, like, really bad for your skin. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So we find out Zeon has Zeon has fallen, but there are still people saying just like just endure. This is a an embarrassment for us, but we'll be back. Just don't die. And for the first half, we see how these dormant elements of Zeon kind of get tapped for this Hail Mary operation, Stardust Memory. That's the name of the operation, right? Yeah, yeah. Operation Hail Mary Stardust Memory. Uh, is the full name? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I like you calling it a, a, a hail mary because that, that I'm, that's truly what it is. Yeah. And man, like they really well, really well plotted. Like there's, I don't know. We'll get to the nitpicks. I, I'm sure you can imagine what my main complaint is going to end up being. I, I have, I have issues with it too. Um, I, I, I can expect your problems. So we find out that their plan begins in Australia as they're infiltrating a, a Federation base where our main character, Ko Urasaki, is. He's just like some cadet or whatever, ensign, I don't know, he's uh, like fresh out of the academy and a big Gundam nerd. They're, they're like test pilots. Yeah. Oh man, the first epi- like the first little action scene we see is just like a training. And I think this is one of my favorite things about Stardust Memory. Besides, in general, like how good the action is, and you know the the production values for when these mobile suits get to moving, I I I really like those uh those GMs. They they really get a get a get a, get a chance to shine. Yeah, because they're they're all modified to look super cool. Yeah, I, I, right I still I still I I love the gun cannon ones. Yeah, it's like oh nah to seventy nine. We get a bit of everything. There's only one like mobile suit thing I didn't like, which is kind of at the end when when Ko is in the Unit Three, but the Unit Three is inside of just like a chunk of metal. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it might as well have been a, a mobile armor instead of a gun. Yeah. but could have been interesting to to have it like that because in the end, like it, it didn't even he didn't even get to detach. Right, I th- I kept expecting maybe that was kind of the point or something, but he didn't get to detach from that from that thing that that the unit three was inside of. Like he didn't get to be like, oh, now I have to detach and 
you can see like unit three like and save the full... day or whatever right which is kind of interesting like as a side story it has a character who does his part is impressive gets to you know like show off this you know the the iconic gundam of the gundam universe but whose role is really like has little to do with what the what the who the true players are which end up being Yamitov Hyman Sima for a little bit yeah it's it's his his overall place is a little lackluster it's it's um and I wouldn't even say that's necessarily a critique it's just it's like a sort of um because I can see that being the the point too Right, I mean, it's, it's just what the is the is the point of the story for sure is to have this grunt be a Gundam pilot and still remain a grunt at the end. Yeah, and we'll see. Also, like his motivations have nothing to do with the Federation. Like, there's this all this talk about ideals, and you know, like in Char's counterattack, we see you know, like the 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 talk about how ideals cloud our judgment or whatever. You know, people who are fighting for a cause versus people who are just cogs. Philosophers shouldn't be politicians. Yeah, but here in Sardis Memory, and I, um, it really does seem to make a difference to be to have to have ideals, because um, Gato, he truly believes in, which is also like um kind of a relief that it's not a return to whatever eugenicist or you know, space supremacy ideas. He, he seems to be motivated by kind of like anti-Federation uh, a freedom for space noids. But, you know, in a way that is packaged with like, you know, like a jingoistic zeal for, for Zeon to carry that flag. Right. He and, uh, I forget what it was, Admiral, what his Admiral's name is, uh, you know, Q-Ball. Oh, Q-Ball. <laughs> um... <laughs> What was his name? It was the the something fleet. I remember it was a very memorable. De- Debra, Debra fleet. Delas. Delas, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. they they nearly succeed. Like all like Urasaki's like main thing is just like being a good pilot, proving that he's worthy of the Gundam and all that. And in that climax, he just like fails again and again to stop that uh, colony drop. I mean the 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 colony did drop. Yeah, it was like narrowly it narrowly stopped it it was narrowly stopped by by Hyman who ended up ended up saving the day. Where where did the colony hit? Did it crash land in like middle of nowhere or something? Let me look into that. Because the entire time, I'm like, oh no, it's it's gonna it's gonna hit uh Jabra. It's gonna hit our main main capital. But it seemed like that was never the plan from the get go. Oh, it was gonna be Jaburo, but then it was like, uh, like it was um, redirected to to North America. I, I didn't did it I, did it end up landing? I thought I thought I thought it was successfully burned off. Nah, it 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 landed. It landed. It did. Damn, I I gotta rewatch Zeta. That was my main. <laughs> that was my main takeaway. Or that 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 was that was my takeaway of the situation is that it it did land, but it ended up landing in North America. So wait, really? I yeah. I guess I, I totally. I thought he got. I 
did, in data did they talk about there being uh a big uh like a successful attack on earth like that no but but that that's like the conspiracy of of what stardust memory was I thought they were able to burn it off. I'm, this is so funny that I'm... So it sounds like the Kylie drop hit any ma- major city or, or it just anything. like landed in the ocean or something. So like uh, Jamatov's uh, uh, solar system was able to was able to just minimize the damage. My my read is that there's like a wire conspiracy going on between certain members of of Neo Zeon at that point and certain members of the Titans. No, yeah, that that was clear. I thought so. I was a little, con- I was, I guess, I was a little confused about what the what the conspiracies were. I thought part. I thought the point was to create a situation where the Titans would, you know, or Damatov's fleet would narrowly save the day, so that they could justify taking control in their, you know, to justify their coup. Oh yeah, and they did manage to destroy a lot of Earth's food production. Yeah, it was too close for twenty-five percent capacity solar system to to be able to fully save the day. But I didn't realize things were so um, things were so hectic for Earth in the Zeta setting time period. Yeah, like I remembered there. I remember the anti-Earth group would complain about the Federation polluting and that the titans were there as a kind of like you know paramilitary force justifying its its sort of role as military dictators by by saying that they were hunting down you know i guess like the remnants of zeon after the events of stardust memory but i didn't realize they were also food scarce and starving and yeah like weakened by such a so yeah, I guess yeah. So I guess the ATLs did at least manage to <laughs> to to do a lot of damage on the way out. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a successful operation or what exactly the intentions were after that. For besides, oh, Titans are now founded, and which is maybe maybe that's what the conspiracy is. Because even in Zeta, like the, the phase were awfully close to Axis Zion for some reason. Right. I know in Double Zeta, when they're doing the Dublin colony drop, the, the a lot of the Federation they they were okay with it because hey the the population could be reduced anyways. Um, the people on the moon are okay with the colony drop on Earth because it's them or us. I guess their their allegiances are very thin. Yeah, I'll tell you what, living on the moon is a weird uh, place to be. It always seems like the nicest place, like except for like when there's war and your entire existence is threatened on a routine basis. <laughs> it, like the moon always looks like a giant mall. It just like looks very fun. I mean, my my guess is it was probably like the first space element, right? So you you get you get the most developed Federation tech. Yeah, you're a space noid, but not quite a space noid. Yeah, and there's a fun urban quality too. I did like that we got to see the more industrial parts of the moon when they were docked at Von Braun. Yeah, it was cool. We got to see some residential areas of the moon too. Yeah, I thought they looked really cool. There's like, these areas where it seemed like a like I don't know like there's like an like an industrial looking spaceport and it looked like out of Blade Runner, 
like these giant like brown or like rusty gray shapes in the in the background it, it is it is a cyber punky place when it isn't like my my happiest memory of 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 the moon in Gundam is in double Zeta when they go to the moon and you hear that song from the first Zeta Gundam. Oh yeah. When, when they're in that cafe. Yeah. Or diner. So, yeah. Yeah. There was a, there's like, if it wasn't for everything that's happening all for all the historic events, it, it'd be, it'd be a cozy place. I know that we'll have a lot to talk about on the moon, but any, anything, anything you want to hit on for the, for the earth sections? Um, Earth sections. I guess environmentally, seeing the results of, of the colony drop and what Cindy oh, is yeah. now as like a what just bay and, and oceans kind of. Yeah, that though seeing the the remains of the colony, like it, that is like a like a hunting thing to start with. It's a really great way to be like, no, things are happening here. Or things or things did happen. There was a real toll to the to the fighting. A lot of catastrophic i guess one one big common start start on earth and gato succeeding and taking unit two yeah there's this some, is, this, some... this is this is the first time we see a gundam pilot as a antagonist yeah it's really scary when you see like oh these are really strong mobile suits like it is it is a problem when the other side has a gundam on the <laughs> being piloted by a very capable pilot probably probably I don't know about the best, but he's you know guy was up there. Uh, was it the, the Terror the, of Solomon? Was his name the, the Nightmare Solomon? C or the something Nightmare like of that. Solomon? Yeah, with a they, with a beefy Gundam. <laughs> don't want that. Yeah, I think it was Nightmare of Solomon. Yeah, I thought the first that first part it was a new a new angle for for this stuff. I liked the. The pursuit, I you know they, the way they handled Ko being a rookie felt like when he freaks out over the missile barrage. One one of the lieutenants there gets to do a, gets to perform a bright slap on on Ko as well. <laughs> it's a rite of passage. That specific lieutenant dies shortly thereafter, but it it was, it was nice to see a bright slap in, in an OVA. Yeah, fully animated. I like the the yeah. Like the, then when they're going out in the desert, find trying to find the. I will say okay. Uh, a little nitpick is I feel like we're talking about like how uh you know what a threat uh a Gundam mobile suit is to have you know to have against you. Why didn't why didn't Gato finish finish that Gundam off? Okay, it was being piloted by a rookie, but. Might not be next time. I think Gato is kind of like Char, where, where he, he he wants the fairest possible fight. Yeah, there seems to be a, a a recurring, a recurring thing with these Gundam pilots or these uh, mobile suit pilots is this kind of warrior honor, especially for this OVA. For this OVA, I guess even Char's counter attack, even 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 in all his madness, Char has this weird system of honor. Like he wants to beat Amuro, like in in a in will like he wants amuro to see his side right oh yeah we have ko getting schooled as he makes his way from being a rookie to being a a capable pilot he gets schooled by by gato 
who's saying like you're just like you know like no your place as a rookie you're not going to get far if you have nothing to fight for and i don't know if he ever really learns like what to fight for except for like you know like the basic like oh but the people you protect or whatever yeah he gets schooled by a lot of people he's he gets schooled by gato sorry i'm interrupting you go ahead oh no uh i was gonna jump ahead a little bit like because i could tell me like how it doesn't learn at the end there's this you know very menacing calling job about to happen and he's wasting time fighting shima yeah i get that it's chaos but it seemed like he was just, like at the end he was just sort of lashing out uh, kind of all over the place yeah he was just having a bit of a bit of a tantrum there yeah wasting wasting time i was gonna say at the end there he was even getting schooled by by like nina too yeah although i got some nina Nina got, she got like, she's, she's a bit of a Martha Rekoa at the end. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't totally sold by her. Um, That's, that, that seems to be the, the, the uh, popular opinion. Well, well, because even when it opens and Gato is stealing the Gundam, given that past relationship that's later revealed, she should have recognized him. Yeah, that's true. And she didn't do shit. It's <laughs> just like, hey, you, stop. He must have not, like, he must have switched to the ponytail recently, and that probably probably <laughs> threw her off. Maybe, maybe he aged very badly recently. Like, okay, the, the Gato I know was 22 years old. This is clearly an old man. This is clearly like a 45. I thought he was a 45. <laughs> I thought he was like a full-grown right. adult pilot, but he's 25. That's so funny. I'm at a 25-year-old talking to a 19-year-old. You're just a rookie. You don't know. You haven't lived like I have. Yes, sir. Like, that was that was. I think that was that, that was a coach <laughs> response. That was that was super funny. Yeah, that's funny. Like that's like that's the stuff that's like endearing about Ko is is like his kind of um like his good boy uh instincts. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the little cutesy moments like that. Yeah, and or, he's got or just, that friend, just, like, like, just like weird, not quite hmm? dialogue hiccups, but but like because I, I like to have ninety one for this reason too, like like the absurd shit that uh, what was it Iron Mask? What was it? What was his name again? <laughs> yeah, Iron Mask. Like 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 the 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 abs- the absurd shit that these characters say sometimes. I mean that that's that's so funny that's that like what that's one of my reasons for for being here is is just the goofy shit that can be said yeah i i i keep thinking about iron mask's introduction like <laughs> it's his villain reveal and the character that he's talking to walks away mid-sentence like hey wait i'm talking god there's a someone on the crew of the albion i think her name is simone who has like a really great moment where, where she's like, I'm so sick of these of these pilots trying <laughs> so caught up in their own shit. And then she yeah. gets called out by the captain and she just like laughs it off like, oh <laughs> those little moments. But yeah, we're talking about um Cole getting schooled. And I thought the like there's all these moments where like if the show was just about the pursuit, it would have been you know it would have i would have not complained it still would have been 10 10. i loved when they were like right after that battle they head out in the dark of night as the the sun's rising and you know these they have like these run-ins with with gato as he's trying to escape and so like they have like a space shuttle that they shoot down like a really cool fight scene where that guy dies 
when that guy dies, like by a bazooka blast, it's really called cool, like, how he that that mobile suit shows up and like grabs. Oh, what was his name? It wasn't Keith? Keith is the f- the friend, but the guy who dies. Uh, was it was Dick? it Lieutenant? Was it Burning? No, no, Burning is he dies later. Burning is like the is the uh, the CO. Yeah. Which also, like now, now I wouldn't be surprised. Did you know? Did you know he's twenty six years old? Okay, that that'll be too. <laughs> that's you're bullshitting me there. That's okay. You got me. <laughs> Who knows? He might be as old as thirty. He still got it though. For for, for anime, I I could I could see him being like thirty five. <laughs> they might do that. <laughs> but they talk about him being old, like you know, he's a retirement age. He's one actually. I was actually like one day away from retirement when when the shit hits the fan. When the shit, <laughs> man, that was like you really felt robbed because like besides like what a great character he was, like he got away, and then it was just like the damage that had happened before that caused the mobile suit to malfunction and explode. Yeah, that was pretty. It was tragic. Right when he was deciding, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I'll hand this off to the next generation. Yeah, I, I, like it still hit. Like you know, despite like all the telegraphing that was happening, I still was hoping that it wouldn't. Yeah, and they have so many moments. But yeah, in that pursuit, like he's like doing a little like West Point like military um teaching, not just training, but like, all right, so this is the this is the. Um, the environment, where would you try to rendezvous so you could await an ambush or whatever? He was a good teacher. Yeah. Like he really like, he like took them under his wing and it was, it was very nurturing, but like as a CO, like it wasn't ever like father figure exactly. It was just like the guy you trust to, to guide you. Yeah, because, I mean, there was definitely a queer boundary there where he wasn't, he wasn't like, really daddy like, to the crew or some shit. Yeah, they didn't really get too personal. It was just sort of like like advice for how to how to handle being a pilot. Also, I like these details. Like, this is definitely the most um, gear-focused. This is the techiest Gundam that we've seen. Where so much of how the Gundam works is is, like talked about or how much like all the gear works is is talked about like when he's about to go on burning's gm the guy's like okay so this is calibrated for him so the pedals might be might be more stiff yeah there's there's a continuous talk of like memory modifications and code and like data so you get a sense that okay like it makes sense like there's a lot of information happening so so you're like you have to be in sync with the with the AI on the ship or whatever, like with the, with the computer on board, there's talk about like how many G's the suit can handle, how many the pilot can handle. And when they're, when they're talking, you get this neat thing. Like that little map was so cool where you saw the cursor and you even see, I think Keith has like a little, like a glove, like he's holding like a thing, like a, like a pointer. And I was like, Oh, I guess that's how you operate that little map. And you can talk between each other. That's really, that's a, uh, that's 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 really neat stuff. Yeah, there, there's some cool technical details to these to this real robot this time around. Yeah, the part of how like <laughs> like the um the colony drop like the, the all the details of like they're not using the thrusters because they don't have the whatever, but it's also you know a faint, so they 
incorporate the wobble for the colony to bounce off. Yeah. Part of the point of misleading them too is so that the fleet that's pursuing them will run out of will run out of fuel. No, there's a, there's a lot of clever physics tricks. Yeah. Yeah, very technical uh go around the Gundam. Even though this does kind of follow the same kind of basic shape of these Gundam stories. Section on Earth, blast off into space, bigger, uh, more apocalyptic conflict. Like half a fleet gets destroyed. <laughs> a double cross happens that narrowly uh, threatens and or uh, salvages a situation. Which is fine. I mean, I mean, they're 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 cool enough tropes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool even seeing like okay, so they not exactly a, a format because like uh, it is. I'm describing it also in the vaguest terms possible to to you know to get at this <laughs> comparison but it's neat to see how many different ways that basic kind of format or structure can be tackled right uh, also did you notice uh um uh ko urasaki like did you notice he had a badge with a kangaroo on it in the beginning no i i, I missed that it's cool kind of fun though <laughs> yeah there's a lot of nude ladies in like the respective cockpits of these pilots too. Yeah, there was a lot of um, a lot of that, a lot of uh, a lot of male energy going in in this uh, in Stardust Memory. There's like an air Air Force cockpit pilot aesthetic going on there. Yeah, a lot of male energy. Like if we took if we took the cast from '79 or from Zeta or from Double Zeta. I can't imagine any of them asking their girlfriends for amulets like they did in the novel. <laughs> but yeah. these guys? These these guys would ask for amulets for sure. Oh, yeah. That Moshka character, I, maybe my least favorite character. Like, maybe if they had done more with him. But he added such a bad... He added such an such a uncomfortable flavor. Like, is it supposed to be charming... That he's taking these pictures of of Nina. No, it's just, it's just a weird sexist foil to like yeah. Ko's nice guy misogyny. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, you know, in general, like I'm okay with seeing, like, okay, whip, you know, it's a, it's a military, whatever. There are a bunch of pilots. I could, of course, they're gonna have like pin up, whatever. They're gonna have naked lady posters. I can see that, but. It would, been, it would have been nice to have some some character development there. Besides, oh, he's he's like source of pictures, and he he's a perv. Yeah, even like, yeah. So, um, the nitpick zone, whatever. Like, I I didn't even like. What's the last thing he does is like torture a Xeon guy. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> I don't even remember him getting any information. It's just, I guess he just, I guess his main thing is like you said, is just to be a foil to to Ko. Yeah. No, I I agree. Keith is cool. I, I like I like his friend fine and good. Yeah, I was happy for him when he and um, I think I want to say her name is Mara when they got together. Yeah, yeah. Mara was really great. She was a great friend to to Nina as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think I think her and Keith are pri- probably the best characters out of this. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate a lot of that stuff. Right, Keith even uh, he almost got to stop the the escape. Because he caught the the double agent 
Well, he didn't catch him exactly, but he had to pee so hard he knocked over his papers, letting Burning find find it the the uh, the proof that there was a uh, an agent. Another double crosser. Yeah, and that was that was a neat thing where uh, I was editing. I was just editing. I'm happy through editing the War in the Pocket episode, and for some, I I don't know when this happened to me. Everything is neat to me. I'm always saying neat. I'm gonna try to find other words. <laughs> It's it's slick. It's slick. Yeah, this is this is a really slick creative decision. Um, like so, they catch the spy and he's like, "Okay, I got to get away from here," and he starts leading them to to that Zeon base that had been secretly operating in Africa for for all those years, waiting for for an opportunity to 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 shine to revive the cause. I felt so I felt so bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> So they yeah they lead him away and then they just abandon him. Thinking about the show again, that's where we see some of the um this thematic angle of the tension between practicality and idealism. We see these different characters like take on these different issues relationships to to the their causes or the wars they're part of. Because at the Africa place, like. They like they they, they compl- they're willing to sell that guy out, but also but it's because their main loyalty is to Zeon at all and because they they wouldn't they wouldn't give up the base if they were in his position no of course not like they were just sitting there and they're like this is the last this is the last chance for us to be soldiers and help Zeon and it's like they completely sacrifice themselves to help that spaceship get away and it's 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 it makes it very scary because because of the commitment of all these Zeon people that Stardust memory gets to be such a successful operation, even though it's partly thwarted by by the more practical or self-serving elements in the Federation and Xeon, by the Simas and the the Jamatovs. We we see it super strongly again on the moon with with that one armed pilot. Veteran. Right, that was a little, that was a little sad too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt the, for him. He has the ship repaired. Yeah, he has the ship repaired. He's ready to go. And well, when a, when a Siemens crew shows up and is like, "Oh yeah, thank you, thank you for the ship," <laughs> which uh, lost Zeon that very powerful uh, mobile armor. Yeah, but it was all that was that was the most frustrating part of. Well, until Nina saved Gato. It was the most frustrating part where Ko, like, knowing that he's a Zeon guy, goes to help him. Yeah, that, that was, it was a weird choice. I, I guess he wasn't a Zeon pilot at, at that point in time or something. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how Ko justified that in, in his mind. First, like, he helps him at first just because he thinks he's a hobbyist or whatever. And he's such a freaking slut for mobile suits that... He can't help himself anyways. But then he finds out that he was Zeon, but he goes back to help him because he needs to see that through. So he, out of this thing where I have to be worthy of being a pilot, like his code has nothing to do with the Federation or whatever. It's just about living up to his self-image of what a Gundam pilot should be. Right. And that's when they collaborate and start working on the thing together. 
to that to that song that the the bafflingly sexy ed where they talk about one night stands <laughs> there was a strange um like we talk about the gender politics a lot in this and i'm not sure what politics are being um pushed here explored but there is a weird like combination of sex and mobile suits in in this one in Ko's most interactions with nina even like yeah <laughs> yeah that seems to be where all that sexual tension gets like worked out is it's just in in flying the mobile suits and, and just in, in what just sexually talking about it's it's like code and and ample you know improvements and it's thrusters <laughs> or even the question to nina of oh do, do you love ko or the gundam more <laughs> right when uh She's working on the computer. All all the uh, all the scientists, whatever, all the engineers at Anaheim are like, "Wow, love has really got you go." <laughs> like that's her way of of showing love or whatever. Like there's like this constant mix of <laughs> of these passions with with the mobile suits. You know, at first, before she's even bonded with Ko or is m- maybe aware of Gato in the other in the unit, the unit two. In the other Gundam, he's like, "No, my mobiles, my Gundams." <laughs> I, th- I think, I think Tomino did, did you know, na- navigate those aspects a little bit better. Yeah, because you know, like he's fearless. Like he will not let things, like he will not let things be subtext. <laughs> yeah, so but I, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, like the the lot of the romances were better. Like plays pl- placement was better. There's something kind of more vulnerable. Like you see how a lot of the attachment comes from from weakness sometimes. Like I, I, I this is the third time I mention it, but like Char talking about Nanai and talking about about Lala as like um, maternal figures that he that he that he yearns for is so. Um, there's something so uh, naked about that. Like it's not a good look. But it's like um, no, it's not. It's, it's not good to look, but it, it's it's. It's like saying something, right? It's like right. It's 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 got it's got uh it's got more punch to it. Yeah. Um. In the Gundam novel, we see, uh, Amuro and Sela hook up, and sometimes Amuro is like wondering, like, what is this connection about? And we have like the new type conversation being about being able to understand each other without without uh misunderstanding whatever to, to, to communicate without misunderstandings the new type thing being able to understand yourself like like there's um you know what does it mean for two souls to come together and amaro is even wondering like is our connection just physical and like that's that comes from someone who's um struggled with relationships i bet like that that's like at least like that's like talking about something. Like I find Ko and Nina's relationship cute, or not cute. Cute. It sounds so condescending, but you know, it's it's nice. It's nice that they it's... get to. It's satisfying at the end when she smiles at him. But it's like Hollywood. It's a little stilted. It's it's right. Yeah. There's there's just something about it that, that feels a little shafted. Yeah, and then like they introduce that wrench with the Gato thing, and I'm not sure. To, to what end? I don't think it did anyone any favors. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's Gato doing with her? Was he just sort of getting information? Was he just using her? And then later, is she just okay with being used? Like, how how deep was their bond? What was it based on? 
she seems to choose Gato over Ko, at least because she just doesn't want anyone to die. That's one thing, I guess, is the sort of, I have this connection with, with these Gundam pilots. I, I guess I guess I guess that like um, maybe Gundam's OG like anti-war position, right? Like the pain of seeing anyone die. It is shitty to see it like confined to the shitty love triangle, though. <laughs> yeah, a little a little undercooked. Um, I guess I got to hand it to like the character animation and the actors' performance. Like when she's like begging the people at the Albion or whatever at the the Federation fleet to to wait five minutes before shooting the people who are trying to regroup. Like, of course they're not gonna do that if Zeon's trying to push through. And like, but you know, I kind of feel for her. She's like, just wait five minutes, even though it's like, wh- where is this coming from? Like, like or at least like, what? what's 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 your play here? <laughs> like, do you really think they're gonna be okay with just like letting this? You know, uh, uh. uh borderline genocidal um militants to to just keep going no no why like no (laughs) they're suicidally committed to destroying the earth federation where were we though while we're on the on the um sex and gundams thing i thought it was exactly correct that not correct but it was like I guess a, a continuation of that when the unit three is being worked on is under the, under the leadership of this other scientist. I forget her name. She had the curly hair. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it was, it was funny that she, she was in, in the room of, of code during that time, walking him through it. And... <laughs> right. She's like seducing him. Like, look at these specs. Don't you want to fly this gun down? specs are amazing best gun we've ever seen those verniers they're real you can touch <laughs> check out these assets we're playing around i think i liked the um the earth half a little better i love the atmosphere it's like when it's foggy and they're walking it feels like like um like hunt for the red october or something yeah it just when, when they're in the earth sphere it, it felt like they were like stardust memory was maybe trying to cover n- new ground for mm-hmm. for what gundam can be once the that chase sequence was over, once that pursuit was done, it, it, it felt like more of the same. Yeah, it settled into like, oh, I guess this is Gundam. But without, there was something missing. It, I came in like a lot more positive. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, uh, like it's very flashy, like in a flashy in a in a good like it's beautiful, incredibly artistic, uh, you know, achievement for for animation. But it doesn't have that Toby no touch. I mean, it's 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 good, and I'm not sure if it's because it's lacking the Tomino touch, or well, because well, wearing the pack was awesome. Yeah, and that didn't have Tomino touch. That's it's true. Just, that's true. <laughs> There's something more. I know. Again, again, I I I like it. I, I, but, yeah, but I guess for, for something mm-hmm. for something to be like my favorite piece of media, I, I want to see it, like cover new ground. Yeah, or like you push know, I was a little, a little bit more. I was even gonna say coming in that maybe this is the Gundam I would show people to introduce them to Gundam but honestly it's it's gotta be just telling people to jump in I think the movies is still the the best intro the 79 movies I mean yeah I mean if, if they can deal with the old animation yeah like War in the Pocket is great standalone like uh, an incredible use of the setting 
And I would say, like, Stardust Memory is also, I guess, pretty good standalone, but I think the people who get the most out of it is people who simply like the setting and like the mobile suits and want to see these technical details and, like, are, you know, a really well-done plot in terms of, like, tension and release. Like, oh, they have to go here. Like, what's the plan? Oh, these details. Like, it it is well, it is well done. Yeah. I mean, for, in terms of, like, TV shows, this is probably the best animation we've seen yeah but it doesn't have like the movie production values but mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's got that ova aesthetic and it's 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 damn good right um yeah, I, I think like i do wonder mm-hmm. sorry go on oh no no i want to i want to hear because I, I might have I, I i think i was just gonna like go back to like what's the thing that's missing like what does because um the tomino touch is something is there's a lot to account for there but like we were saying, like War in the Pocket is fantastic. And I guess it's the it's the human aspect. This is this right. one's really good for if you like the robots or like you like a well plotted like action movie. But sorry, what were you or, gonna or say? Like, like a true military focus, maybe. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, there was good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say, well, because you had mentioned, oh, what, what's a good piece to introduce someone to Gundam? And I, I really do wonder if there's someone out there that was introduced via F91. That <laughs> and what that frame of reference must be like. That could I don't know, that that might that might work. Technically it is standalone enough. Like you don't need to know about Xeon to to make it work. You don't need to know about the Federation. It's, it's just kinda of shitty because it was never continued or like picked picked up on. Yeah. F91 will always be like this strange obsession for me because of the lost potential. Because even the movie itself is so weirdly compromised. I still, I still love what we got though. Yeah. Like what we, what we received was awesome. I just wish we had so much more of it. Yeah. I actually did watch F91 with a, with a buddy of mine from work because they had, um, it was playing at a theater re- um, some time ago and he almost went and he didn't get to. And I was like, oh, it's, Got it on Blu-ray. Let's let's give it a shot. And he was so lost. Like I don't. There's something was about he? the rhythms <laughs> that you have to really get used to. Right. Even if the technical details are there, like okay, the dad gets rescued, but you don't get to see it, so you have to infer that there was a scene in between. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was edited. It con- conf- it was edited confusingly for sure. Yeah. So that one's that was a tricky sell. Like I, I think someone could, but you know they have to be like, I don't know, prime. But like I think it would take a particular type of person, like someone who is not so concerned with with plot, maybe, <laughs> or someone who's super locked <laughs> in. I feel super like like I feel like most people are are grounded in at least <laughs> wanting to understand plot. Yeah. Damn. That that's what makes it difficult. That's the main challenge. They want if if you want one scene to happen because of the events that happened in the previous scene, then F91 might be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> oh, damn. But it's it's there. It's I might I might try it. I I might I might try to test it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I think uh it was my first time watching it, so I was just barely hanging on to, like, oh, okay, so I guess that's what 
happened. Oh, okay, that line implies that she had defected early. <laughs> like, right. I wonder if, you know, now knowing what I know, having had this time to stew over F91 and realize how how much peak Gundam it actually is, that maybe now I'd be able to be a better uh, shepherd through through that forest. Do shepherds go through forests? Wherever shepherds lead flocks through. Prairies? I don't know. Prairies. <laughs> that dark, menacing prairie. Maybe caves sometimes. Maybe sheep end up in caves. Here and there. That's what the that's what the shepherds are for. Oh. Like you're like uh, uh you have to be able to to guide people through. Like wait, so that's so that's her stepfather. Like don't worry about it. He's not important. He's a nothing character. <laughs> he was he was oh. just there years ago to cuck the other dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Right, that's just to, to give Iron Mask, make to make him more pathetic, which is good. I'll say one thing that F91 also has over, over Stardust Memory sometimes is character design. I find Ko's design to be a little too bland. So I, I, I love Ko and his Gundam and during like launch sequences, and I, I think that Hairdo works with the helmet and, and the facial expressions mm-hmm. during those moments are awesome. Yeah, but out, but outside of that, like it's just like jagged. I don't know, just down like a almost a bowl cut. It is totally a bowl cut for sure, and <laughs> it's may, maybe I'll appreciate it later upon like another re- rewatch. But it, it was a really strange juxtaposition. Yeah, I got Mora. I think Mora looks good. Like she's got more of that classic like round look from from the previous Gundams. Burning, uh, like there's so many like, like craggy, uh, handsome men in it that look good when, when the production is there, like when you get to see it in clean detail, it looks good or in smooth movement, but otherwise, is jarring, right? And this is I guess is the change. Yeah, I did find I feel that way. I felt that way about Nina. Like when I first saw Nina's character design. It was also like there's something like dated about her fashion, but then very, very, I don't know, fifties <laughs> or eighties, I guess. Like she looks kind of like um, uh, what's her name in Top Gun? Oh, um, is it Meg? Oh, it Meg Ryan? That's not Meg Ryan in Top Gun, is it? Oh, she, she looks like she'd be like a Mad Men character. Yeah, she could be in there, but there's some there's a fluffiness that is very eighties to me. But yeah. either way, like, um. Yeah, I, I wasn't super so it grew on me, especially when they're like canoodling in the cockpit while she's like while she's teaching him. She does that thing where she wraps her hand around his hand and you get like um like a looks like a point of view shot of him looking up at her while she's like playing with the controls and you see you see it in like more detailed character animation. Like she does look a lot more appealing there. And you're saying Ko, like when when he's in the cockpit, like in full you know, passion with the with the camera moving up or down, you know, like it, it does look better when it is treated well. And like Gato, like the glow up he gets when he lets that ponytail down too. Hell yeah. Like that, <laughs> like that was a, that, I wish we got more of that. That's more of that Gundam flavor. Uh, you know, I'm talking myself into, I guess I was a little cold on the, at first, but then you get like Seema who looks amazing 
and Seema's like weird, uh, like shirtless <laughs> second in command. Um, but then with um, Gato, there's that later, like when Sardis is gonna really begin, and he's with his hair down. He looks maybe the hottest anyone has ever looked in Gundam. <laughs> yeah, when when he was against that window, and yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. He 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 looked very Char esque. Yeah, that was also the most Char he looked in in the in in the series. And this like he, this like this little Patroclus fig- figure comes out and they speak in this like ornate like poetic <laughs> language about like the tides of war or something yeah yeah like where was that flavor before that that should have stayed more consistently yeah it would, it would have really been elevated by that i mean i guess i, guess, I don't know may, maybe memory went a little bit too too long by like two episodes because i mean the best moment was when these two gundams were confronting each other in space yeah, like the way that they're both like cutting through all these people and there's these two forces that clash. Like that moment where um Gato's like pushing himself. Like he's got you know, he managed to to push uh, the Stardust memory operation through and they're telling him to retreat, but he's like, Don't you understand? I'm the only one who can fight that defeat that mobile suit. That Gundam. Had that vibe stayed between these the two clashes of these two Gundams, that that would have been perfect. And that kind of got cut short. But this is the other challenge of making uh, Stardust Memory is that you want to introduce new toys. You want to introduce like new cool new things. You have this huge bulky Gundam with a giant shield. This uh, other like nuclear more... arms. Nuclear arms. <laughs> Yeah, this other Gundam that even gets an upgrade in the middle with these really cool jets that come out the shoulders. That was just unbelievably yeah, cool. Was, I love to see that. It was neat. Yeah. But they weren't in Zeta, so at the end, everything has to get scrapped. To, to be leaning into Zeta. Yeah, that's such a challenge. Which I guess they navigated well, well enough and fine enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like the, it ended up being like they build up all these elements... And then when they clash, they have to be like, no, you have to pare it down and really clear the runway for Zeta to begin. I guess overall it did. It did set it up well. Like we saw the weakness of the Federation, you know, and their, uh, I'll just call it the Weimar Federation. <laughs> um, like right before the Titans rise to power. Right. And like the situation to like justify how that could be allowed to happen was well well done i guess it could have been done sooner or yeah longer let that cook a little bit more that would have been interesting if it wasn't just like they show up but that they're forced to for a couple more episodes fight on the titan side right and because then you'd have some some more like uh internal maybe like that would awaken ko's relationship to ideology or to causes whatever Right, because that, that was never quite completed. You never got, yeah, never really got to explore that. It was just sort of rivalry with Gato. Um, right. His, some of his friends died for maybe no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, there's the relationship with Nina. Just like being the best at piloting the Gundam is also reifying the bond that he has with Nina. And the... Um, the rivalry with Gato is 
like the fight for for her in some sense at least to him because gata doesn't seem to care at all about her no i don't think he gives two shits about her or the gundam could that be kind of um is that kind of a read like yeah in this... for for sure if if um if gundams are a sex symbol here <laughs> and gato doesn't care about gundams he doesn't care about sex he cares about the um about his mission he's all super ego right yeah and yeah because we have um moshka who's if uh um gato is like super ego moshka's definitely it and he wants to get inside of that mobile suit so bad (laughs) oh uh yeah and 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 ko ko is just one ego just in in between those two forces (laughs) yeah just floating in that ocean like immersed in in his kind of pride but also his uh bond with uh whatever his libidinal uh uh excitement for mobile suits maybe maybe some boyhood innocence and so and we see how this like how ultimately in this particular conflict gato piloting the the mobile suit made a huge difference and ko was at most an annoyance and so like it does kind of um pop the bubble on oh the gundam as opposed to like what it you know with gundam as a part of a larger whole i like that read yeah okay <laughs> I, I i no so um sorry i thought i had it and i lost it uh same about the gundam uh okay. no i i mean I, I that's i i i like your take on that and after hearing that i'm I'm wondering if i if i should have a softer opinion towards stardust memory as a whole because of that wow yeah this i i feel like yeah i just now i think we landed on something that bumps it up like 20 percent or something it's all because of, of Gato being this amazing pilot that doesn't care about the Gundam. Yeah, like one of the I don't know I didn't you know I didn't realize like why it hit me so much. Um, the shot when the when the two Gundams get destroyed and Gato like just like looks at him as he like escapes from his cockpit, and also great like MVP moment for Keith rescuing uh, Ko. Also, I love whenever the Gundam gets to be tender, or our yeah. mobile suit gets to be tender. With, with his giant fingers picking up human so so softly yeah keith is great the way he when he's on that mobile suit he gets to he know he gets some kills in whatever um you know and the killing is good um he gets so, so he gets like his action movie like laurels he he gets to have those cool moments where like um ko's in the gundam and uh keith is in the gm and they kind of like dap each other up and it's like ah cool <laughs> um but also you know it makes sense you know the techie way because then they could do that contact so they get to like talk and they have a scene i don't remember what they talk about and every time keith does a little peace sign it's like there he is, there he is. that's my guy there's a buddy he's, <laughs> he's been the gundam pilot yeah he would have been more fun i think he would have what he would not would what he would have not done is desert four days and help an enemy Xeon pilot soup up a a mobile armor <laughs> just just for the feels of it <laughs> yeah i guess there was something meaningful to the ways that he is that ko is um uh sometimes infuriating 
I guess like the thing that is frustrating. You can see how it comes from something of a good place, but also maybe it doesn't work in that in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think I think I still have to sit on on Ko's behavior on the on the moon and what yeah. what exactly? <laughs> yeah, I think the worst. I I think I like I'm not sure where Sardis' memory stands on it. I'm not sure how much it is like on the side of. But you're a good warrior because I'm, I'm I don't have a lot of patience for that kind of um. That kind of ethos. No, is is I mean, it's not a good one because that that ethos is what's perpetuating every conflict. Yeah, yeah, this constant of uh, like retaliation. What's the Gundam after? Oh yeah, Victory Gundam. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It's one that's not talked about a lot. People just sort of like take Tomino's word for it that it took Tomino's word that it sucks for so long. I hope I hope it doesn't suck. I, I'm I'm be disappointed if that's the case. Yeah, eventually we're gonna hit on one that does. We we nearly came out of this one with a negative, uh, <laughs> with a negative overall impression. I, I I have mixed feelings towards it. I mean, so I mean, so I mean, even even with the mixed feelings, it's still it's still a good Gundam. I'm not gonna call it a, a bad Gundam. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's got its its rightful seat in you know in the anime pantheon, even like broadly outside of Gundam, like for sure. If someone said like, "Hey, do you have anything with really cool mechanical animation?" Like that's I still I still like put on episode three of Stardust Memory or whatever. Yeah, no, I mean it 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 has this, it's got some cool shit going on, you know. Yeah. Or if anyone, if anyone ever asked me, hey, what's what's the Top Gun of anime? <laughs> right. Yeah. This has got to be. I'll I'll start keeping a list, but this is the number one, the Top Gunniest anime I've ever seen. Yeah. Does does it stumble along the way? Sure. And we 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 covered those nitpicks, but but it's got some really cool characters. I I think Keith is great. I think Burning is great. I think Sima is maybe a little underused, but you know, so fun. She's got a bit of that Hamankarn energy with her own yeah, she, kind she, of twist. She do. Like she looks great and, and in that, her that's, that's throne. Another, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's another person I would have liked to see more explore, explored as motives. And maybe I maybe I missed it or flew over my head, but there is actually a um on the on the Blu-ray. Um, they, I'm sure you could find it online. There is like um little short that they did. Oh. I forgot what it's called, like Sima's something. Uh, I was so excited when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's something, you know, revolving around her. But it's very, it's very short. It's just sort of like her waking up from a nightmare where she dies in a fight, in a battle. Then she gets, uh, and then there's like a call for everyone to go onto battle stations, and she kind of smiles and goes off. I'm not sure what to make of that, besides that, um, it's something that maybe like, uh, characterizes her as a kind of survivor. Like, she's got no allegiance to, to any particular side, but the, the, but she does feel like a a need to secure her own safety. I see. Well, I gotta see that short now. Yeah, I'll try to find it. Um, if anything, I'll 
you know, I got the blur. I'll I'll find a way to. I'll uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure if I Google it somewhere, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll find it. Hold on, let me find the um, let me give you a title. Uh, look up the Mayfly of Space. The Mayfly of Space. There were two Mayfly of Spaces made, but I think the, the first one was made in the '90s and has that nice '90s animation. The second one is like a slideshow, and it's kind of the same thing. Oh. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Sick. It's cool because okay. you get to see more, like, detailed animation of Seema. Actually, I do love her character design. Right now, she's my avatar right now on the, on the call. No, I mean, I mean, her, her character design is cool, and I, I, I like, uh... I, I don't know what to call her trope, but I, 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 like, her, yeah. I like her trope. Yeah, that's that's always always invited, that, that flavor. I don't, I don't know, queen-esque. Yeah, <laughs> something a little like not exactly because like not enough leather for it. A little dominatrixy, like that henchman that she's got, like <laughs> like in this like ripped shirt. I mean, I, I get, I guess it's it's just like another Haman Karn almost. Yeah, just like just style. Like she's got that fan. Yeah, sitting on oh. these like uh, tiger uh, skins. And she's introduced think... to like nearly running over Gato, <laughs> just cause. I don't. I don't know what to call that type of of character. Yeah, besides cool as hell. <laughs> no, it is cool as hell, and I, I I think it's maybe one of my favorite archetypes so far. Yeah, best I can do is Ice Queen, but even that's a little too too broad. There's something mean. There's something aloof. But there's something very. There's something always stylish. It's it's always high fashion, high high style. Yeah. Um, a Corella Deville. Not. I can talk around it, but it is it is a a delicate formula. I I, I feel as though there there were academics that, that came up with <laughs> like that single name, and I I don't. I'm struggling to get there. Oh, sure. Like those folklorists, like have like a a combination of letters and numbers that describe this trope. Yeah. Would you say Poptimus Giroko fits into this? I'm sorry. Can you, can you repeat the name or remind me? Uh, Poptimus Giroko. Oh, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> in in some ways, there's something um maybe more weaselly about him he's he's more he's manipulating people it's, it's, it's a different kind of archetype like, i guess he's he's more impish in, in a antagonistic way <laughs> or in a more in a more brutal he's a, he's a brutal imp sima isn't that like that but hamana could is kind of like that Well, is is Haman is Haman Khan like that, or, or is she just that? Um... I guess she's like she's just compelling, but she wanted Judo on his side. But I guess he wasn't really manipulating Judo; he just wanted him on her side. I, I think I think Haman had his had his natural charisma that wasn't so manipulative. Yeah, with her, it's like she's telling Judo to join him, but it's not like. I'm gonna get to him. It's simply because that's the thing to do, right? Or, or the uh, 
Marsha, Marsha May guy, Machine Ray, Machine Ray. Like I, I don't think Kamai and Karn like pushed for him to have such loyalty <laughs> in that manner. It, it's just that, that uh, that's how people reacted to her, <laughs> right? It'd be so funny if she just like never knew about <laughs> about the stuff running through his head. Or, or, or just never knew that the the rose got uh, permanently <laughs> like <laughs> that he had it. Uh, whatever uh, laminated was the <laughs> laminated. That's 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 a good one. Like I I could I could fully see her being completely unaware that he got the flower laminated. God, I love Mushroom Ray. We may never get another. He's one of a kind. I love Mushroom Ray so much. I'd be happy to see it again, but I don't think we're going to see it again. No, that's. That's a one and done. Ah, so great. Yeah. It's the, the it's the people that makes Gundam truly last. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Well, because I think the people in, involved give it like this strictly super robot genreization, but it, it gives it like a nice... I don't know, like emotional bond link. I don't know. It's giving something more to play around with than could the Hyakushiki defeat the Gundam Unit Three? Right. Yeah. It it gives it another. But um. You know. You know. I'm trying to say. I'm struggling with the words right now. Like, like, there's more to like more of a relationship to build. Like, okay, like that. You know, could the Hyakushiki beat the Unit Three? Probably not. I don't know. Just depends who's piloting, I guess. But. But then you ask uh, uh, Hatman Karn and Paptimus at a restaurant who who takes the check, and suddenly the the gears are spinning. <laughs> that is a compelling question. Could Sima and Haman be friends? What what does Haman Karn's space uh, ghost stand thing look like? <laughs> yeah. Any 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 other. Um... Any other details, characters, plot points? No, I think I, I'm I'm so I'm rather pleased with where we left things. I think. Yeah, I think we hit on my favorite and my least favorite things about this one. It's maybe the most normal Gundam has been, with its pros and cons. Yeah, I I agree there. I agree. And with it you. is cool. If I want to mine one particular Gundam property for cool gifts to post on social media for for likes you know any shot of the verniers adjusting or the the eye on the zaku without the covering this has you covered for days clearly yeah it, it definitely has potential um but yeah until next time then we're gonna go back into a book we're gonna start doing savers of paradise which is exciting probably the biggest reading project for us to date I think we're gonna break it up into three parts. Yeah, I, I think we're we're gonna have to be forced by the nature of the text to break up in his pre predisposed parts. But that'll be interesting. We'll have Sabres of Paradise about uh Russian early modern Russian colonialism and uh Victory Gundam, which Tomino has now decided is the perfect uh companion to Putin's war in Ukraine. <laughs> Yeah, and I hearing it right now. I'm not sure if I buy that <laughs> that position, but we we will we will see. 
We will see you. Until next time, uh, uh, have a pleasant evening. Yeah, continue those pleasant evenings, listeners. Okay. Keep on pleasant. <laughs> More important than a one-night stand. <laughs> oh, God. Just because you're lonely tonight. Lonely is only part of your game. As long as you live, you must remember one thing. Give and take the one in the same. So tell me, are you ready? Really, really ready? I don't want your love for one night. Cause I'm